You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making us part of your regular routine. We're here for you whenever things are happening, and a whole lot is happening today. We're the Rain and Jays. All three of us, again, back-to-back tripods. This is impressive. This is a good so Getting ready for the season. Yeah, this is, this is big. We're all getting ready, you know, running our five-on-five or three-on-three. You know, so, uh, yeah, we're here for you guys. Uh, I'm trying to be full go. Full big go. pot energy. Big pot energy. That's Sam Packard. Jay King's there. I'm John Corrales. You know who we are, the Rain and Jays. All right. Uh, Space Jam, things are happening. We'll talk about Space Jam. Jimmy Butler, things are happening big time. We'll talk about Jimmy Butler and some interesting uh, comments there. Let us start, though. With our Boston Celtics, Brad Stevens at the annual uh, charity, golf charity thing, uh, spoke to the media, gave us some nice little updates. Uh, everybody is ready to go. Everybody is ready. Anybody who was dealing with an injury, everybody is cleared. They look full go. Full go. Uh, Gordon Hayward looks like his old self. Uh, Kyrie Irving has got all of his moves. Everything's great. We're getting ready to start the season on Tuesday, the preseason on Tuesday. They're going to get in. They're going to start playing basketball. Hooray. It's funny. Wait, the first preseason games next Tuesday? No, the, the, this, the first practice. Oh, okay. But it, it is next there. Friday. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. So nine days, eight days from when people will hear this. But it's, it's kind of funny because. Brad, when he talks about the Celtics, he'll he'll like bounce back and forth from saying, "Yeah, we're going to show them clips of last year, and to show them how hard it's going to be to reach our goals." And then he has moments where he's just like, you can tell he's so excited about this team, and he's so excited to have Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving back on the team that reached the Eastern Conference Finals, and you. Like, Brad knows all the possibilities his team has. And when when someone asked him about Kyrie Irving, like, he, he could barely contain a smile. And when he's talked about Gordon Hayward a couple of times, he just seems really excited to have Gordon Hayward back and joining the Celtics. And you can tell that Brad Stevens, the man who never gets excited, never gets up or down, is kind of raring to go for this season. Like, he he... He can smell what the Celtics can possibly do this season. I think it makes sense. This is probably the first time, right, that they've kind of had realistic expectations or hopes of winning the Eastern Conference. Um, I think they've they've sort of had that in the past, but LeBron James is always there. And last year it was like, 
Kyrie and Gordo got together. I will keep calling him Gordo. Kyrie and Gordo got together for the first time. But there were still questions about, like, what are the young guys going to do and what's the bench going to look like? Now there are no questions anymore. Like, the, the Celtics, if they stay healthy, are fully loaded, and they should be really freaking good. And I think the Raptors are going to be really good, too, and I think the Sixers have a chance to be really good, too. But the Celtics, and Stevens knows this now, they have a chance to be really good. Yeah, it's a special team, and the big, the biggest worry that we've had, we've talked about it, we've all written about it, is that the how do they react to going into this season with all of these expectations? Like you said, and we've been saying, this season is unlike any other that Brad Stevens has ever had because he has go, he's going into this with the the highest expectations on any level that anybody's ever had for one of his teams. He's no longer the scrappy underdog. This is a team that is supposed to get to, at the very least, the conference finals, and many people would say they should get to the NBA finals. And that's tough. It's tough to go into a season with those expectations because it's very easy to kind of believe in yourself to a point where you're like, ah, we could just go out there and play. But the point that Brad has made, and it's I think it's a good one, the fact that everybody's back, and and Aaron Baines said this last week, the, the fact that everybody's back and there's like a bitterness of how the season ended last year, that's going to give them a little bit of a drive to say, we didn't accomplish a goal last year. And if, if we are not careful, we'll miss another opportunity this year. And, and knowing that there's a missed opportunity there could be enough to keep these guys focused. And like you said, Brad Stevens will have the clips handy. Whenever he thinks those guys are getting too high, he can chop them down a little bit by saying, look, here, here are the, the things that can go wrong. And if you're not careful, this can go wrong again. And we'll go into, we're, we, we have the risk of losing another year in a very limited run. You don't have a lot of years to, to make runs in this league. Yeah, it's only going to be 10 more years that Jason Tatum's in his place. <laughs> I, think, I think Brad can frame it in such a way that because they have Yo, such hold on. I got, I got, I got to break in here. Who's got the rattlesnake, man? Who, who's out there rattling around something? That's not me. I mean, it might be me. I, I hear no rattlesnake, so that, that like probably are, makes it me. Are you eating, Packer? I'm not. I'm drinking a Heller High Watermelon uh, IPA, and I'm sitting in a chair. <laughs> I respect. I respect the drink choice. At least an IPA. <laughs> uh, it's not an IPA. I lied. I think I just added it in there. Sound cool. It's a wheat beer. I apologize. Now, see, I love the wheat beer, so you, yeah, pro- see, you get props from me. I no longer have respect for you. Uh, you didn't have much spec- respect for me to begin with. I have a fan in my room. I'll turn that off. Maybe, maybe it's the fan. All right, but continue. What I was trying to say before I was rudely interrupted by uh, Jay King is that I think you can frame the the championship expectations as a as a reason that they have to put the work in. Like the like we had like you have to do everything right because everyone is we have the talent and everyone is expecting you to win the championship the, this year. Uh, or at least I am. I'm a little more optimistic than the the most people. Or at least with, uh, the Eastern Conference. And that's why, like, from the very beginning, they have to do every single thing right because uh, they have these expectations. I don't think that, like, Brad Stevens' teams ever, like, don't do the little things or don't, like, 
uh, ever get too high on themselves. I just think it's like re like emphasizing that they have to put the work in if they want to get to the final goal. And it's just kind of, it's just, I think it just elevates just the, the, the emphasis and the effort they need to put in at the very beginning if they eventually want to get where they want to go. And so I think they can, Brad Stevens, master uh, of the growth mindset and uh, mental guru, I think he can, uh, what did I call him earlier? A savant? I had a cool name for him, but uh, mental alpha? That I think, he was a mental alpha. I think he can frame it in such a way that it's, um, it's or the Celtics won't get too high. It's just a, reinforces their need to kind of put the work in early to get back to have, having the best defense in the league and actually develop an offense where, uh, you know, they can score more than 80 points in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, look, I think that uh, there's a certain uh, level of effort, little, like you said, the, the work that needs to go in to to make sure that they, they do live up to the expectations. The flip side is that they come in knowing that everybody thinks that they're good enough, so they just have to show up and be good enough. So that's that's the downside, and that's what they have to avoid. And I, I don't expect that to be a problem. I think the the hallmark of Brad Stevens is being able to get the most out of his, his um, teams, and so – there's a lot of trust on either side, and they have they have such a good locker room that there's no player that I could look at uh, aside from maybe Marcus Morris who would have a problem with how things would go this year. Like he's the only, or at least the biggest question mark I have. There are always questions, but I think that Brad Stevens has a, a level of trust, and those guys have a level a level of trust with, with each other that. I feel confident that these guys will come in and, you know, do their, their two a days and, and go through and, and do it well and, and not really screw around. I, I think, I think they're in a good spot. We'll leave it at that. All right. Before we move on to the next topic, uh, I just want to remind everybody that big things are happening on the lockdown podcast network. You have, if you are a football fan, uh, check out lockdown Patriots. If you're a Patriots fan, there's a lockdown uh, podcast for all of the NFL teams football season now a couple of weeks in lots of crazy things happening whatever team that you root for go ahead and subscribe to their podcast there's also fantasy football two fantasy football podcasts the fantasy football 24 7 gives you all the latest news waiver wires and waiver wire suggestions and injury news and locked on fantasy football experts uh, with amazing guests every week Tom Kucinich Eric Edholm Jeff Ratliff and Tyler Lochner, all of that for your football fix on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Search for all of that wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Jimmy Butler news continues to break, and today he officially put in a trade request. He wants out of Minnesota, and the teams that he is interested in going to amazingly, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks, and the L.A. Clippers. And Woj reports that the Clippers are the team that he most wants to go to because they have two max slots and thinking is he would go there, kind of wink, wink, not sign an extension, but when he becomes a free agent, sign there, officially get get his max money, and they can still add somebody else. However... Brooklyn and New York are interesting, and the fact that he is looking to go with another star is interesting, considering the Celtics have a star that has been very closely linked to him, and 
they might want to play with each other. So kind of curious as to what you guys think of what the Butler news means for Kyrie Irving's free agency. Yeah, the, he probably picked the three most fascinating spots from a standpoint of Kyrie's free agency because Brooklyn, New York, and L.A. Clippers, obviously none of them are like ready-made to win right now. But they do have enough cap space to pursue Jimmy Butler and then go out and try to get another star after that. And so because of the Kyrie Irving link and because of the fact that there are going to be other free agents out there to potentially play with Jimmy Butler, it's just really interesting that he's chosen those three teams as the ones where he wants to get directed to it. And to be, to be clear, the Timberwolves are under no pressure to send him where he wants to go. They could send him to freaking Timbuktu. They could send him wherever the hell they want. Um, I don't think there's an NBA team in Timbuktu, though. Yeah, but I bet if Jimmy Butler was in Timbuktu, they'd have a squat. <laughs> That's a good point, Jay. <laughs> can't argue with that one. You can't, you can't get that analysis anywhere else. That was elite podcasting. That's, that's uh, really that's the high point of podcasting. <laughs> but but uh, like they don't have to send him to those places. But it is just interesting that he's chosen all these places with a lot of future cap space um, that can be players in the 2019 free agency bonanza when Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and a few others, including Clay Thompson, could all be on the market. So it's just really interesting to me. It's not often that you see a star request a trade and the teams just suck but have cap space in the future. But that's what Jimmy Butler's doing. Um, so They suck, but there are potential pieces there that... I mean, Chris Capps is the one piece yeah. that I about that's on it? any of those franchises that, that's, that, the, that's that's the only player that's it i mean from, from a star standpoint like no you're right you're, you're right you're, you're not going to go to the clippers to play with like patrick beverly or avery bradley even though they're good players and tobias harris is too and i like danilo gallinari like there are a lot of players i like from an individual standpoint on the clippers roster but you're not sitting here thinking Okay, if I team up with Avery Bradley and Patrick Beverly, we no, could that's become- not that's not what I'm saying. Oh. What I'm saying is, if you team up with another star and then you have those pieces, the Patrick Beverly and the Avery Bradley, then you've got something kind of good. Look, what I'm saying is, those three teams aren't good, but they've got individuals. Each one of those teams has a couple of players that you can say, "Hey, you know, he'd be a Who good, good role player." John? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. No, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, what what good team is he going to be a good role player on? The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, when they have I mean, Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no. like, what, what? I mean, he's he's a pretty good player. And if you, it's amazing things happen to good players when you put star players around them. They tend to get better when you put star players around them. So when when he's not asked to pull the whole load then maybe with a little less attention on him he can go off and be a a pretty good 
role player, third or fourth option. But right now, he's not in a great situation, and he's still a pretty good player. So he's not great, but who knows? Situation you know who else? You know who else is a star, though, is is Carl Anthony Towns. It's kind of wild that he's – Jimmy Butler is basically asking to punt this entire season when he was on a playoff team last year. Like, they have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs this year if the, the roster's intact. Now, there's rumors swirling about, like, their fractured relationship and him not getting along with Andrew Wiggins and things like that. But if it's just with more talented players, it seems kind of odd. And, Jay, I think you're right. Like, we saw Kawhi demand a trade, and he really wanted to go to Los Angeles. Um, but they weren't going to send him. They chose not to send him to Los Angeles. Paul George wanted to go to Los Angeles, but the Pacers traded him to the Thunder. Like, if I'm Tibbs, and I'm also the coach and the GM, and I'm handed this list of three teams. You're sending them to Timbuktu. You send him to the Orlando Magic. Like, it's exactly what you're doing. Like, you're not going to grant his trade request. That just doesn't seem like it makes any sense. Jimmy Butler has no, like, he has this list. And I guess you can say that, like, the value is dictated by whether or not he has that wink, wink, I'm going to resign or not. But really, he doesn't, he has no say in the matter. So I don't know what other teams are out there that really have, like, the players that, like, can, can, like, give a better package than, then those three teams, like who's, I think we talked about it in this last podcast, there's not a lot of teams that make sense, but they're in no obligation to trade him these teams with cap space. We saw the exact same thing happen with Kawhi Leonard. After this news, though, that Jimmy Butler wants to go two places with additional cap space beyond him, are you guys more worried about the Celtics losing Kyrie Irving? I'm not. I'm not. Um, I think, look, there, there's a possibility. I'm, I'm, just as worried as I was before. Uh, I don't know. I can't put a number exactly on what percentage I think that he's going to leave. I kind of go back and forth. I keep relying on this. Not a single Boston source, not one, has come out and said anything like, huh, I'm not sure Kyrie could be going, or he's he's kind of open to the possibility. Not a single I've got Boston a teaser. Source. I've got a teaser. I've got a piece on Kyrie's free agency. Coming out, I think in the morning. I've yeah. already filed. Are you? But I don't. Know that. Are with you a Boston prepared? source saying that they're worried? No, but it's it's on the <laughs> athletic. It's on, it's on the athletic, and it has it's it's sourced, and it has an overview of his free agency, and hopefully it's okay. Okay. Well, look, look. What is the Celtics' philosophy? You got to control what you can control. Like, there's nothing they can do about other teams making trades or other free agent scenarios, they're going to give their best pitch to Kyrie Irving, and that pitch is going to be trying to win a championship in a good environment surrounded by a young core, oh, and two all-stars. Like, there's nothing the Celtics can do. If Kyrie wants to leave, like, I think the Celtics are present, like, they have a very good option for him. I don't think this changes their approach to Kyrie Irving whatsoever. Because there's already been talks about Kyrie and Jimmy Butler teaming up. Butler is going to be a free agent anyway, so he could have just gone to a place with... Like, this doesn't really change it. If they really, really wanted to team up Jimmy Butler and Kyrie, him being traded or not doesn't, like, doesn't really impact. They could have just gone to the Clippers or the Knicks could have made two max spaces anyways. I don't think it really changes uh, that many, uh, the whole situation for Kyrie. And I also think no matter where he gets traded, they won't be as talented with Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving as the Celtics are already. Right. The Celtics already have more talent. So if it's a talent thing, then Kyrie's all set. He's all set in Boston. It's, it's what if it's, 
what if he w- just wants to play with Jimmy Butler and maybe maybe he's best friends with Jimmy Butler. I don't I don't really know um, the extent of their relationship, but it it look here's the thing: make Jimmy Butler that, that you'd is want best to friends with Mark Wahlberg, whose brother is Donnie <laughs> Wahlberg, who's a Celtics fan. I think it's all kind of connected look, if you think about it. it. Totally, totally. He's gone. Kyrie's so gone. Kyrie's going to Timbuktu? Yeah. I think Kyrie is going to be in the New Kids on the Block when they tour in summer 2020. Book it. Fair. Fair. Uh, I, I, I just think, look, there are people, you can say Kyrie wants to, wanted, wanted uh, potentially to play for the Knicks when he was in Cleveland. said, one of the, the Knicks were one of his preferred destinations. Okay, fine. Came to Boston. Everybody's making all these things like, oh, he wants to play with uh, with Jimmy Butler. Okay, I keep going back to this. Well, when he was in Cleveland, he wanted to play with Gordon Hayward. He actively recruited Gordon Hayward. He wanted to play with Gordon Hayward, and now he gets to. And then everywhere he goes, we can say, like the videos of Kyrie and Kevin Durant, Kyrie running with whatever other guys. You know who's always there? Jason Tatum is always with him. So him and Tatum seem to be really, really good friends or whatever you can characterize their relationship. He's got players that he wants to play with already on his team. So he may, because he's Kyrie or guys have their own decisions for whatever reasons to make. But Kyrie is also currently in a good situation with teammates that he has wanted teammates that he likes and a coach that he respects he's on record as gushing about uh brad stevens so yeah he might leave but he's put out some pretty strong signals that he likes where he's at right now and and who knows what happens maybe maybe his decision as of today will be different in a year but we'll have to wait and see i think we're forgetting one major factor is that the the riffs man is Kyrie's mind Sherpa. That's true. And they have yeah. plans to move to an anarchist farm and uh, seize the, the farms. And so I think that's one of the biggest advantages for the Celtics. I cannot argue with that. No, that's that's a good exclamation point at the end of this. All right. From that absolutely absurd statement to a more, I guess, serious one. If you're the Timberwolves, where are you trying to trade Jimmy Butler to? Like to try and you still have Carl Anthony Towns. You still have the no defense playing Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you're still trying to make the playoffs this year. Where's the? What do you go? Is it? Do you trade for my my main man Tobias Harris and uh, and some some flotsam for the Clippers? Like where? <laughs> what are you trying to do here? I would try to get quality young prospects. Because um, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, they haven't peaked yet. They're not ready to contend together or else Jimmy Butler would probably want to stay there. And I think part of the problem is that Andrew Wiggins just hasn't panned out like everyone thought he would. And Carl Towns is fantastic, but doesn't play the defense that probably he should. Um, If you're the Knicks, do you trade Kevin Knox for Jimmy Butler? Oh, John would. (laughs) I would not. No, John would not. John, John would, and then he would just watch the Timberwolves every every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would not. I would not 
not because I, I think he's going to be. It's because I do think he's going to be good. You just tra- you just drafted the guy. I think he's going to be good, and you have the money to spend. Why are you going to give up potentially good players that uh, I think at the very least could develop into solid rotation player? Why would you give him up in a deal when when you can sign? If so many of these guys seemingly want to go to New York, and so many of these guys are free agents, why not wait? Instead of giving up these guys, I mean, unless you can give up, you can get somebody to take Noah off your, you know. Well, here's the thing. If you, Noah's going to go back to the Timberwolves. I mean, that if, makes a lot of sense. If you match the contracts, you might have a chance to add another max contract. Like, they're not, they don't have two max deals around Chris Dasporzingis unless they go out and trade for Jimmy Butler. Otherwise, it's just one, right? Uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. They're paying Joe Kim Noah, $20 million a year. And, um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Ridiculous contract that, that makes sense. The thing is that with the Knicks, there's the argument, like, why not just wait and sign Jimmy Butler later? But that's the same thing that the Lakers thought with Paul George. And then he ended up re-signing with a team. Like maybe the Clippers are waiting out Kawhi Leonard, but maybe he re-signs in, in Toronto. It's the type of thing where you just like, if you want a guy that badly, you should just go out and, and get him. I, I don't know if you trading for Jimmy Butler makes the, the most sense for the Knicks. Um, but I think if they really want a star player, you kind of, you've got to give up something to get something. So, um, and we just don't know. I think Kevin Knox is going to be good, but uh, probably a lot of people thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be good. So I think you trade for the known, known commodity. If I'm the Timberwolves and I'm trying to win this year and make the playoffs, I think the, the trade that makes the most sense is like Tobias Harris and um, one of the guys the Clippers just drafted this year. Uh, what's his name? Shy Gorgeous Alexander. That uh, at least on the trade machine works out. That's there you get a young piece and an established player. Um, it kind of makes sense, but that's not a great deal for Jimmy Butler. That's the thing why Tibbs like is under no requirement to tr- like trade to these three teams. Go after Gary Harris. I love he's, Gary Harris. He's not he's not under any obligation. However, um, it's probably in his best interest to at least play those teams off of one another. And if yeah, you can send him to Orlando or wherever Timbuktu. But if he says I'm not going to re-sign there, or I'm not going to sign there at when I become a free agent, they are very much not inclined to give you any value because they said, well, why are we going to give him a, they, they can, Orlando could say, yeah, we can, we can try to convince him on our culture, but Orlando sucks. So there's, they're, they're taking a huge risk. At least if he plays the Clippers and Brooklyn and New York against each other, somehow, if you start leaking, Hey, the Celtic, the, the, the Timberwolves are, are leaning heavily towards accepting a, a deal from the Knicks. Then the Clippers might say, Oh shit. We've got it. We've got to make a, a a move here. That's that's the only the only play here. It's not just one team. The fact that Butler has giving them three teams that at least gives them gives Minnesota the opportunity to play those three teams into some sort of bidding war. They haven't lost all of their leverage. They've lost some of it, but a team that like the Knicks have said, we're not interested so much in giving up young pieces of our core for players that we think we can sign in the summer. But if you 
have a strong possibility of that player not being there in the summer. And if it's a guy that they really want, then they might bite at a trade and say, all right, fine, fine. We'll give you this for just for the sake that we want to get this guy and keep him long term. So that's the only leverage that I think that they have. Okay. Uh, let's. I had takes on your takes, obviously. You you got you got takes? No, I have no takes. I, <laughs> we're out. I was being sarcastic. We're we're out. We're we out had, of takes. That silence. We had some solid silence there. Yeah, that was that was a good place to just move on to the last thing. Uh, yeah. Jam, space, Jam, yeah. Jam wants to talk about Space Jam. Space Jam Two. Because he is Earth Jam. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. <laughs> that was just really bad. It was fantastic. Let's all be honest. Let's Boo! <laughs> but I do want to talk about Space Jam. Uh, LeBron James, it came out today, is going to be starring in Space Jam 2. Ryan Coogler, who uh, directed Black Panther and I think uh, the new Rocky movies and Fruitvale Station, he's going to be a producer. And it be- So Space Jam 2 is coming. We've known this for a while. But this is just another confirmation that it's on the way. And I think the big question that everyone in the basketball world is thinking is who are the five NBA players who are going to be uh, the monsters? Who are the, well, actually, let's break it down technically. They're the, the small aliens before they're monsters. They're called nerd lux. And then they travel to Earth because they're on Moon Mountain and they need to increase, um, some entertainment value in their park. And once they steal the talent of the NBA players, that's when they become monsters. So who are the five players that the nerd Lux are going to steal the talent of uh, in the upcoming Space Jam 2? Now, I have a lot of thoughts about this. This is pretty much the only thing I've been thinking about all night. But um, <laughs> I want to if you guys have any opening thoughts, uh, I'd love to hear them or I can just dive right in. I have thoughts. And Ooh, finally, Jay King has some takes. My thought is that I don't give a shit about Space Jam 2. <laughs> I didn't give a shit about Space Jam 1. I think the fact that they're making a sequel is so fucking stupid. Space Jam 1 was a joke. The fact that people oh, still talk about guy. it, still like it, still appreciate it, is just miserable. It is a terrible movie. It always has been a terrible movie. It always will be a terrible movie. And there should be no interest in a sequel. The, most of the time, they make sequels, and it's a bad decision because the sequel can't possibly live up to the original. In this case, the original is so bad, the sequel couldn't possibly be worse. And I, I, I have no other takes on Space Jam. Absolutely. Come on, bro. I have no room for my life. I don't this have any is, toys. Is a, I don't like cartoons. Okay. This is a movie where where monsters, monsters, whatever the fuck they're called, the aliens came down to Earth and they took the talents of Sean Bradley and Muggsy Bogues. How fucking stupid were these aliens? I'll, I'll give you that's have a they, good point. It was have a they wisened scouted up? team. Have they wisened up since then? Is there a reason why aliens were so fucking poor about their basketball scouting reports? Is there a reason they knew absolutely nothing about the game? Just- the spacing on the uh, original Monstars team was atrocious. I'll give you that. Poor scouting report, Jay. But I don't think it's a reason for you to shit on the entire movie 
you know, it was, it was for children. It was a, it's a child's film. So I don't think you have to, uh, to like shit on the, uh, accuracy about it, but a valid point. I think Sean Bradley was a horrendous choice. Muggsy Bogues, you have to pick just because, uh, uh, he's, he's short. That's funny because they're monsters. It's just, uh, it's comedy, you know, it's funny stuff. He's a short no, guy, it, but he's uh, still terrible. tall. Also, I will say the, the worst sequel I've ever seen is Green Street Hooligans 2. And I'm guessing this will be worse just because it's Space Jam. It's just a, this is just a bad take from Jake. Like, do you have fun? Like, what do you enjoy doing <laughs> other than Jake. drinking Bud Lights and getting buckets? Uh, mostly just try to get buckets. Jake. You're, you're too one track minded. Broaden your, broaden your mind a little bit. Have some fun. I, lose I, yourself in a magical world of whimsy. Jake, I would can't you rather be the only go, person. Would you rather go? You got two choices. Space Jam 2. Or an escape room. <laughs> Ooh, maybe he combine the two, and he's locked in a room forced to watch Space oh, Jam 2 until yes, he figures out some yes. puzzles in order to escape. Right, so you've got like 15 minutes to figure out how to get out of the escape room, and if you don't, then Space Jam 2 starts to play, and you have to watch it. Uh, I mean, if I was faced with that conundrum, I would... I would fly to Timbuktu with Jimmy <laughs> Buffett, and I would I would just leave the world. Jam, what's your uh, what's your space jam? All right, here's the starting five on the new monsters. Blake Griffin, I think it makes all the sense in the world. He does uh, he does stand up comedy. He can actually be funny. Uh, and most of his talents already been stolen anyway, so they might as well steal them. Oh, own. burn! That's a good see, Jay. See how like fun it is when you like kind of enjoy the discussion and make jokes and like contribute instead of just shitting all over everything. <laughs> okay. Number two, Isaiah Thomas. You gotta have a short guy. Like I'm saying guy. before, yeah. Muggsy Bogues. Isaiah's uh hilarious. He already kind of looks like um, who's that mouse? You know that famous mouse? Who does he look like? Classic Isaiah pick. Not yeah. Minnie Mouse. No, um, oh, Mighty, Mighty Mouse. Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Yeah, he already kind of looks like Mighty Mouse. I think it makes all the sense in the world. And most of his talents already been stolen. Uh, oh, never mind. See, I, I was holding off. You cannot make a, a joke about that, like about I Isaiah know, Thomas. I know. I'm just. What's the difference between Isaiah and Blake Griffin? Same. It really is the same thing. Injury sapped both of them. <laughs> all right. Next. Next. Next three. Um, Joel Embiid. Yeah, he's a goofy guy. He's already a giant. I think it makes sense. He fills the Sean Bradley role. Uh, Giannis. Giannis. He's a he's a wonderful, lovable character. I think it'd be he's already good. The Greek freak. It makes a lot of sense. And then my final pick as a wild card, uh, Clay Thompson, because man, that guy's hilarious. I think he's one of the most entertaining guys in the NBA. He just travels the world in the off season. He's riding camels. He's dancing on tables in China. Uh, he'd be wonderful. All the all the monsters were quite dumb, and I think uh, Clay Thompson. I don't think he's dumb, but I do think he smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> he certainly looks like he smokes like a lot of weed. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, the, you remember that whole scaffolding thing that he was involved with the, the the scaffolding interview that he's now like kind of famous for. Yeah, it was perfect. So I work at that station in New York. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize that was your station. That was my, that's my station. 
that's one of my reporters that came back and showed she goes um do you know who this is and and she showed me the clip and i was like you have got to be kidding me that's amazing <laughs> so that's amazing i every time i see the clay thompson scaffolding like I'm the first person in our NBA sphere to know that Clay Thompson was speaking about scaffolding. And I sat there. I was like, oh, my God, this is so, going to go nuts. So uh, I have questions about the Clay Thompson scaffolding thing now, now that we've gotten here. Yes. How did that happen? Like, random. Completely how- random. They just they just walked up to some random dude on the street. It was yes, and it happened to be Clay Thompson. And then they asked you who it was. Did someone tell them so this is our someone- reporter? Um, I forget who it was. I think it was Teresa Priolo was out on the street. And she doesn't know a lot of basketball. She doesn't know basketball. She's not a basketball fan. Clearly. So we did a story on uh, there's there's scaffolding all over New York City. And I forget exactly what the story was. Some of it collapsed, and there's there's safety concerns. So she was doing her whole story, and she, the the last element that she was trying to get was the man on the street interview. A classic piece of reporting. You know, you do your officials, and then you get people's reaction to like, oh yeah, this is crazy. She just happened. To, I, I forget where exactly she was. But she was literally randomly standing next to some scaffolding, asking people as they were walking by what they thought about the scaffolding and the safety. And just by complete chance, she interviews Clay Thompson walks up and I think her photog was like, he's kind of a big deal. So she came back and, and they were like, if anybody knows Corrales will know. And they showed it to me like, yeah, he's a little bit of a big deal. <laughs> this six, six guy. Yeah. High out of his gorge. <laughs> but it was complete chance complete random and it, yeah it's hilarious you're telling me jay king you don't want to see clay thompson interact with a bunch of looney tunes like tell no. me that's 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 prime movie magic that's the very last thing i would ever want to do <laughs> with a night a day a morning whenever you want me to watch that movie i'm just not doing it it's not I'm, happening. I'm upset i'm upset i'm mad online and it, i'm not even laughing i'm legitimately mad but what <laughs> But there's a chance that this soundtrack comes through like the last soundtrack did. And if the soundtrack comes through, I could bump it on Spotify. All right. I think that's a fair compromise. (laughs) I'm glad we could reach this this agreement. I just think the Monstars are trash and Uh space. It's trash. We we, we were at the compromise and you had to keep going. You had to keep going. Michael Jordan as an actor is trash. Well, they the Monstars were 0-1. I'll give you that. Uh, Michael Jordan was trash as an actor. Larry Bird's in that movie. Bill Murray's in that movie. Newman from Seinfeld's in that movie. Lola Bunny's in that movie. I mean, I just, you just, you're, you got bad takes, Jay. This is, so I, I always ask you to like give your takes. And then when you finally do, they're so trash that I understand why you keep them, uh, keep them to yourself. Because normally I have normal takes. And it's only when I have bad takes that I come out of the woodworks because everybody else's takes are just so different than mine that I lash out. And then that's how you get me berating a beloved movie. Are there any other things that like are universally loved that you don't like? 
Rainbows, uh, puppy dogs. Uh, chocolate. You're a chocolate fan? You got, Space Jam is not universally loved. There have to be people out there who understand Space Jam sucks. I'm just, I'm just, I pray for your mentions tomorrow, man. Yeah. That's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I want to see how many people are adding J. King on his Space Jam take. I'm going to get you a custom Toon Squad jersey that says uh, the kid or the god on the back of it. I'll wear it if it says the god. (laughs) I'll I'll also wear it if it says the kid. Uh, But, yeah, I I will have no qualms about wearing that if if you do get it, brother. That's factual. All right. That's good. I like this. I like this. We're at a good spot. We're going to end it right there. I'll also sing, I believe I can fly. <laughs> now, R. I, Kelly's problematic, and we I don't think we're going to get down that road, but nope. that's a whole new story. Hey, everybody, thanks Got for listening. Every night and day. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, and subscribe. And fly away. If you are a subscriber, I, I believe I can soar. <laughs> or a good review. That open door. <laughs> I believe I that's the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. <laughs>